I would like to begin this podcast by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land on which we record and pay my respects to their elders past, present and emerging. All opinions and discussions on the podcast are purely individual experience, so please consult a doctor or medical professional for more information. Welcome to the Shake It Up Show, a podcast in partnership with Shake It Up Australia Foundation for Parkinson's Research, where we speak to people whose lives have been impacted by Parkinson's disease and hear their stories. My name is Amy Louise Ruffle. I'm an actor, comedian, podcaster, and most importantly, a proud Shake It Up Australia ambassador in support of my dad who lives with Parkinson's. My guest today is the creator of the Pedal for Parkinson's Tour, which sees riders cycle a pre-planned, fully supported 500-kilometre loop across five days around beautiful Tasmania, all whilst bringing awareness to Parkinson's disease and raising funds along the way. Last year, they raised almost $20,000 for Shake It Up Australia, and this year's event is coming up in September. So to tell us more about it, please welcome Sarah Buckpitt. Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. Very excited to chat. Um, We will get into all of the Pedal for Parkinson's talk, but I wanted to just take a little step back first and find out what your connections to Parkinson's is and what has inspired this incredible fundraising effort. Yeah, well, um, I was over in the UK living um, during the pandemic. Before I left, uh, my nan uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And when I was away, she unfortunately passed um, and I was unable to get home um, to say my goodbyes. So um, that's kind of what ignited the whole pedal for Parkinson's tour. That would have been such a hard time. Like pandemic in general was so hard and so disconnected. How did you go through that time? Yeah, look, it was pretty tough because it almost came to a moral dilemma sort of thing because I could fly home but I would use all my savings to fly home and then it would be I would have had to have stayed in in a hotel and quarantine and we didn't know when she did start to decline we didn't really know how long she had left so I could have made it all the way home but then you know she might have passed while I was in quarantine and you know in the end the family and I made the decision that Nan wouldn't want that. So I just stayed put and was, you know, doing what we're doing today and, you know, on FaceTime and Zoom and phone calls constantly. And I I was still there. I had a presence. Yeah, you find ways to get that connection, don't you? And it was just the most impossible time to be trying to make decisions and anything logistically Mm. like that, like true, true nightmare stuff. Yeah. Do you remember when she was diagnosed and sort of the first time you heard about Parkinson's and what your awareness, I guess, of the disease was? Yeah, look, so I always knew about Parkinson's. Um, You know, it's one of those diseases you hear about and it's a very debilitating sort of disease. What I knew of it was very little. Kind of the extent of my knowledge was that it was someone that would become weak and would shake. That's all I really knew about it. And then back many years ago, my nan started becoming um, weak and couldn't do everyday tasks that, you know, we would have expected. 
And so it wasn't until uh, I believe it was 2017 that she was given an uh, official diagnosis. I don't think at that point it really came as a huge shock to the family because there were signs, but it was definitely still, okay, well, how do we now support Nan through this? Because, you know, it's severely affecting her day to day. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it can be quite a relief in getting the diagnosis because at least there is sort of a reason why things are changing. Or like you said, you can really hone in on okay, now we know this, how can we best support it? What treatment options or support options are available? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, straight away she was given the appropriate medicine that, you know, calmed down her symptoms quite dramatically. And, you know, she still was able to to live some really full years where, you know, she was able to enjoy um, us grandkids being around and and great grandkids um, at a point as well, which was really really special. That is really special. What are your some of your favorite memories of your nan? What are the things that you guys did together? Oh well, I mean, years and years ago, before um, she was ill, uh, my nan and pa uh, owned a farm, a sheep and cattle farm. So growing up, we were we were always out there, you know, on the par with, um, sorry, on the tractor with pa, feeding the cows and then, you know, back at the house cooking with Nan. So they're kind of my childhood memories that I will always hold really, really dear. But probably the one that I hold closest um, was actually the last time I got to speak to her, which was maybe a week and a half before she passed. We were on FaceTime and it was um, really, it was early morning over in the UK and it was very stormy and it was um, thundering and lightning and I was like, oh my goodness, can you hear that? And, you know, I was telling her about um, what I was doing for the day and she just kept smiling at me and I was like, Nan, what do you, what do you keep smiling at? And she was like, I'm just so happy to see you. And that was just one of the last things that, you know, we ever spoke about. And I hold that really, really close because that was, you know, I couldn't be there. But, you know, I got to share that little moment with her towards the end, which was really beautiful. Yeah, that's a really wonderful memory. It's given me goosebumps just thinking about you guys getting that moment together towards the end, which is really lovely. Mm. And I often think about people in that sort of age bracket, like speaking about FaceTime and stuff, the the changes they've seen in their life and in technology, like the idea that you could speak to someone on FaceTime mm-hmm. wasn't even a concept and now it's so part of our day-to-day. So to see like their ability to grow and adapt with what tech has become, it's pretty phenomenal. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And And at that time in particular, you know, I just took it, you know, I was so appreciative for that and to be able to have that because, you know, like you say, you know, decades ago, that wasn't a thing. So I would have been over there and, and you know, not be able to have that contact with her so freely. So yeah, it, it played a really pivotal role in, in those last couple of months. Before she did pass away, do you recall any of the things that you found were helpful in supporting her Parkinson's experience or that she participated in personally? Well, in the beginning, it was very much, I think, for us recognizing where she needed the support and for her to kind of be like, okay, I do need help doing these things. You know, she grew up in that generation where, you know, she was Miss Independent. So um, I think that was 
probably the biggest hurdle we all faced was Nan accepting where she needed help and us recognising where the help was needed. So it became quite clear early on that mobility-wise she needed assistance. So it was finding, you know, the right equipment that worked well for her. You know, it was getting a bed that was low enough for her to get in and out of because she couldn't, you know, um, move her limbs around so freely anymore. It was getting special cutlery that she could hold easily because otherwise she was, you know, shaking and it was spilling everywhere. It was having copious amounts of straws on hand because that's how she drank everything, even her cup of tea, because she couldn't um, bring it up to her to her mouth and drink from it. So it was just finding those ways that we could just allow her to live her everyday life as easily and seamlessly as possible. Well, it sounds like she had an incredible team of people around her supporting her. Moving forward, let's talk about pedal for Parkinson's, where did this idea come from? Yeah, so like I said, I was over in the UK when she passed and I just felt so away from it all that I was like, okay, what can I do to, I don't know, make a difference, be involved? I just needed to do something. And um, I thought, well, I can ride a bike. I mean, not crazy well by any means like I'm not a racer or nothing like that very recreational but I was like hmm I can ride a bike maybe I can do a fundraising event and when I was first thinking about it I was like maybe I could just when I get home do a solo mission around Tassie raise funds along the way I was like no I want to I want to get more people involved so That's what I did. I floated the idea first with a close friend and I was like, am I a little bit crazy for thinking that I could maybe do this? (laughs) And uh, he was like, no, like do it. He was like, I'll fully support you. And I was like, okay. So we started liaising a rough idea together um, when I was still in the UK and he was um, back home. And then once I got home, we kind of met up and, and put it all into package really and put a nice little bow on top and it was it was just amazing in the sense that you know I was able to reach out to people that once they kind of got wind of what we were doing they were like this is a great idea what can we do to help Mm -hmm. um so that was kind of how it came about it was kind of my way of recognizing Nan even though I wasn't there in that last kind of little bit of her of her life But it's a wonderful way to honour her memory and also that thing of like often we feel really helpless and like we we don't know what to do and we want to be able to contribute Mm. in some way meaningfully. So it's amazing to see what you have done in that space. But huge tasks to undertake. Had you planned events before? No, not at all. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) I'd never done anything like it before. Like, All I have done is work in a bike shop and I can talk to people. That is, and that was probably my biggest key that made this whole thing work is that I'm a fairly approachable person, so I can talk to anyone. Um, And so that is what allowed me to kind of reach out um, to people, like to reach out to you guys, because first and foremost, I didn't have a fundraising platform, right? So I was like, okay, well, I need to find someone or a business that, that, you know, aligns with my values as well. Um, so, you know, I did all the Googling and all the researching and and that's when I came out to you guys and, um, yeah, reached out and the rest is history, as they say. 
So before we come up to the, the event that's happening this year, how did it all in the last little bit come together last year and how did the event actually go? Yeah, so it exceeded all expectations. Um, I was, you know, I was going to be stoked if just a couple of people came along and we went for a ride. Like that was, you know, to me that was a success. You know, so there was a few key players that, you know, came along, Lise and Jen, like they're on board again this year and, and they were the real heart of the whole tour. Like they helped pull everyone together. Um, we got some jerseys made up that we could all wear and um, kind of look like a little team and people that were friends of family and friends of colleagues and people that I'd never even met before and never even heard of are reaching out saying, hey, like what you're doing is amazing. I've popped a little donation in, like thank you so much. But that was really cool. So my mum and I... Um, ended up being the two support cars. Unfortunately, I didn't get to actually ride it last year. So because we're all, you know, it's all volunteered. I don't pay myself. I don't pay for anyone for the time or that we put into this. So my mom and I jumped in our cars and um, I was the support car at the back and she was the support car at the front. She had lots of food and people were making baked goods and, you know, meeting us along the way. It was just, I can't even put into words just how, grateful and thankful I was to everyone that just and to people that I didn't even know that just you know pitched in and, and made the event what it was it's un, it's an unreal byproduct of a fundraiser is obviously like you're there to raise the money and raise awareness but when you see how community comes together strangers get involved like all of that kind of stuff it is so uh, heartwarming and inspiring and especially when humanity can in a lot of instances be really disconnected and disjointed you're like what a beautiful way to see people coming together for something bigger than themselves yeah absolutely and I think you know so many people's lives and so many families have been touched by Parkinson's and I think that's why you know it reached so many people is because so many people have either dealt with it you know first or second hand and have seen a loved one or um, a friend, you know, go through it and it's it's devastating. So for the upcoming one in September, for people, mm. uh, how can they be involved either on the day as a rider, as a supporter or financially? So the biggest way people can get involved is by jumping onto the website. Um, so that's just www.pedalforparkinsons.com.au. Um, there you can sign up um, to ride in a stage of the tour. So it's across five days. Um, so you can either choose to ride the full five days, just one stage, you know, it's totally up to the rider's ability. And that's why I made it that way was that it was so that it was more accessible to everyone. However, though, on that tickets do close at the end of this week. Um, so from the third, you can no longer register. Um, however, um, you can absolutely still donate right up until the finish of the tour. Fantastic. Well, it sounds like it's going to be another incredible event. Um, obviously, people can donate via the Shake It Up Australia website too. Is there a link there? Absolutely. Yeah. So it's all linked into our website and your website. They all talk to each other. So yeah, absolutely. People can jump on mine, which hits a link to yours. And yeah, it all happens. <laughs> Gorgeous. The internet talking to each other, very scary concept, but in this case for a good cause. <laughs> One last question I'd love to ask you for anyone out there that's thinking maybe they want to put on a fundraiser or something like that, but haven't done it before, given your gallant diving into the fundraising here, um, what advice would you give them? Oh, 
I mean, ask, talk to people first. That's the biggest thing. No idea is too big or too small. If you've got enough gumption, then just go for it. People can always reach out to me, even if they want to know about what I did. But yeah, it's just about, um, yeah, having enough go-getter attitude to just go out and do it. And um, yeah, like I say, nothing's too small or too big. With the right attitude, you can do it. Well, a great, a great life philosophy, absolutely. <laughs> so Sarah, thank you so much for joining us and for the incredible work you did last year and everything that will be going on behind the scenes to make the um, Pedal for Parkinson's tour in September go ahead. We are very grateful for the work you've done. So thank you so much. No, my absolute pleasure. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Shake It Up Australia funds groundbreaking Australian research that aims to slow, stop, and cure Parkinson's disease. And they need your help. To support Shake It Up's vision of a world without Parkinson's, head to shakeitup.org.au forward slash podcast. Together, we can find a cure.